podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. I'm Ian Brannan. And uh, this week, we're focusing on two things in particular, the Speedway of Nations and the British final. First of all, the British final was not without its incidents, particularly the rain arriving, meaning things were curtailed at heat 12 and decisions needing to be made on uh, what happened next. Rob Godfrey, the chairman of British Speedway Promoters Limited, is with us in this episode to explain what was happening in those meetings that took quite a while to work out exactly what was going to happen next, and we'll talk about those decisions and the thinking behind them. Also with us this week, I'm very pleased to say we've also got uh, Mark Lemon, the team manager who uh, took Australia to the Speedway of Nations title last weekend, making Australia world champions for the first time in 20 years. Uh, Mark Lemon, also the CEO and team manager of the Bellevue Aces in the British Speedway Premiership, of course, as well. So we'll talk all about that and uh, how his week has gone with uh, winning that silverware and why the novelty really is not going to wear off for quite some time. And uh, that, and we'll have a look ahead to the fixtures for the week ahead and beyond as well. All on the way on this week's episode of No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along to No Breaks, No Fear. Lots to get through. Uh, Not too many actual rider interviews this week because with the Speedway of Nations last week and the British final on Monday. Uh, We don't have too many interviews with riders, but we do have a couple of guests, so I hope we'll uh, provide um, lots of insight into both of those events, though, because later on we'll have Mark Lemon, team manager of the victorious, now world champions, uh, the Australian team uh, in part two. And um, first of all, we're going to speak with Rob Godfrey, the chairman of the British Speedway Promoters Limited after the British final on Monday night, which you may well have watched. It was uh, an event that provided some terrific racing in the opening salvos of the British final at the National Speedway Stadium. We got up to heat 12. We ended up with three riders on eight points. Dan Bewley, Tom Brennan and Chris Harris were all uh, locked on uh, on eight points, but the riders hadn't actually ridden each other equally, so it was very hard to, to call a fair result, and therefore there was a discussion about um, how best to resolve the British final. Of course, a lot riding on this, uh, not least the wild card for Cardiff, but of course the prestige of, of being the British champion and how best to uh, resolve that in, in 2022. So, joining us right now is uh, Rob Godfrey, Chairman of British Speedway Promoters Limited. And thanks for joining us, Rob, on what I'm sure is a a very busy day. You are in that briefing room with the riders. Um, Take us back to Monday night and just explain to us the conversations that were being had behind closed doors, uh, the options on the table for resolving this meeting fairly in the interests of of all the riders, because, of course, Different riders got different interests in in that meeting at different points, and and uh, how how it was decided to to best resolve this this uh, situation. Yeah, obviously, I was alerted to a problem um, by Damien that was actually in the pits. Um, the rain started to fall around about eight eight, but at that point, it was really light. Um, from where we were sat, we weren't really aware of the rain getting hot harder as such. Obviously, there's a natural break after heat 12 because riders got two on the trot. Um, and at that point, 
the SCB who are in charge of the meeting, is really nothing to do with the BSBA, BSBL as such, um, called a halt to proceedings. They then took the riders into a briefing room and explained to them how potentially a winner would be selected. But they had a, they had a really big problem because there were three riders on eight points and there was no clear-cut way of, of splitting them. Um, they hadn't met each other once, etc., etc. At this point, several of the riders wanted to continue. They wanted to continue because they wanted to. They still had a chance of being British British uh, champion as such. Um, the meeting ensued. The meeting went on, um, and then I was asked to intervene because the riders were not happy with the the SCB's suggestion on how maybe they decided a British champion. So myself and Damien went into the room and it was very, very clear that the, the large majority of them, or the very large majority of them, wanted the meeting not to be called. Um, they would, in, 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 in normal circumstances, they would have, if the rain had stopped, they would have carried on. But in any, any effect, they wanted to, to restage the meeting. They did not want it to end this way. So a conversation was had and, and, and votes were cast and it was decided that the meeting would be null and void and we would rerun the British final with the majority of the riders' wishes. Um, so then the wild card, because that meeting produces the wild card for, for Cardiff, it always had. And once again, it was put to the riders that if this meeting is called... And there is no conclusion to it. Then naturally, that, um, Adam Ellis is the British champion and, and would be the wild card. And it was majoritarily accepted that by the riders that Adam would be the wild card. So it was quite amicable. Um, I'm not saying all the riders agreed to it. There was a minority that didn't, but the large majority were very, very happy that we decided. We've taken it out of the SCB hands and to, to rerun the meeting because they were not happy the way it, it was concluded. Um, so we felt that, as I say, not everyone is, is happy with the decision, obviously, but the very large majority of them were. You touched on the SCB in and among that, of course, they're the organisation that, that look after the referees. Um, they're also the look after the framework of the sport, the rules and, and regulations and so on. You are the chairman of the BSPL. A lot of questions land at your door. Um, but just explain the, the difference between the two organisations, really, and who's responsible for what in respect to the British final. Well, the B, it is a BSPA shared event. Let's, let's be clear about that. A BSPL shared event. And the SCB officiated. But in this case, the, there was no clear um, rules on, on how we got to a winner. Because it only got to hit 12, not everyone had met everyone else. There was, there was nothing clear cut. It was going to be decided on race times. Well, race times have never been included on how you uh, choose a champion. So this is what infuriated the riders that um, were probably not at the top of the pile which I understand. And, and we felt it was unfair. We just, you know, me and David felt it was absolutely unfair and could see everyone's point of view here. And, and the only logical way, thing to do was to rerun the meeting and not to conclude it. 
and to to have a British champion on that night and to let a meeting run for the full full races that it's that, that, that it should and to restage it. So, um, and, and that's you know with consultation with the riders, that, that's what the, the the result that we came to. It wasn't fair that things were being made up as such, not made up, but trying to figure out a way of having a champion to, to actually get a champion. We felt the fairest way was to let everyone race for it on another day. Do you think that as a result, and of course it was always possible that rain um, was going to affect that meeting at some point, but do you think that the rules might be revisited for either the next running of this or in the close season at the AGM to, to try and avoid a similar situation in the future? I think that with hindsight, hindsight is a wonderful thing. We felt that we weren't going to get the rain till nine o'clock and we probably could have got to a conclusion. That's why we were two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, two minutes to try and get it to a conclusion. A lot of hindsight, a lot of, you know, the rain may not, not have come, um, but it, it did and it actually came earlier than we predicted. It. But the, the, the fairest way next time is that if there's any rain forecast and, it, and it's got a bit of substance to it, then the meeting will be not, not staged at all until it's a clear night and we're guaranteed of getting to a conclusion. These things do happen in, in World Championships events. Um, I don't remember them happening in the British final previously. As I say, if we got to the point where every rider had met every rider, it would have been a lot easier to, to say he's champion, he beat him at fair and square. This is the result. But we didn't get to that point. And as I say, to, to chuck in race times, we felt as much as the old majority of the riders did, it was it was a bit unfair. It was a bit unfair. It was a lot unfair. It's hard for there to to be winners out of this situation. I think um, maybe some fans will be saying, "Well, why wasn't there a runoff, or why are we not going to have a runoff for the Cardiff uh, wildcard spot between now and when the event takes place?" Um, clearly, very difficult to to organise that. Um, but first and foremost, this is the British Championship, isn't it? This is not a race-off for Cardiff for the wild card spot. It is the British Championship, first and foremost. Historically, the, the Cardiff wild card has gone to the winner or, or, or the best place to uh, be on someone who's already qualified. But ultimately, this is about the British Championship rather than a Cardiff wild card. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? You're absolutely correct because the prestige is winning the British final, not being the Cardiff wild card. That is that is the carrot on the stick basically um it, it's and to the other riders they know restaging this that they're not going to get to Cardiff. I, I you know by time heat 12 had come the track was was done you know the rain was falling extremely heavy there was no chance of a rerun how do how do you factor in getting two riders to have a rerun on a neutral track they'll always favor somebody it, it's uh, yeah and, and yes Bellevue maybe favored Brennan and such um, but, but uh, you know, it, it's really like you said. It is about being British, uh, British champion, and we see, we listen to the riders, and that every single one of them wants to be British champion. But they want to be given the opportunity to race for it, not to be called off at heat after the three rides. So after heat twelve, so that's what what we've done. And with the, with the restaging of this event, obviously some point later in the year, do we know roughly when this might be and, and do we know where it will be? Will it be back at Bellevue again? 
yeah, absolutely. We we intend at this point to run it at Bellevue. Absolutely. That is our first choice. Um, we've had offers from other tracks, but Bellevue is our first choice. Everyone came to Bellevue on that night. Everyone, I'm sure, will come back to Bellevue to see the roof staging. The riders want it at Bellevue. I think everybody wants it at Bellevue. There's no question about that. When it will be, we are hoping that it will be sometime in September, not necessarily on a Monday night, um, but it will be where it's accessible to all and it will be where there will be a good weather forecast and um, we'll guarantee getting through the programme. Um, we'll, we'll not take a chance like this again. Um, that's pretty much discussions that we've had this morning. Um, as I say, there, there is winners and there's losers in this. But it is, it's unfortunate the guys that were on eight points and you've got a feel for the ones that are on seven had two more rides to catch them as well. You, you can look at every permutation. Is that There is, as I say, well, winners and losers. There's probably no winners in this one. Um, probably people will single out Adam Ellis as a winner for it. But he did do the hard work last year and he didn't have the opportunity to go to Cardiff. So, and he is still the British current, the current British champion because the riders agreed last night that that meeting would be called with no result. They agreed that majority. So that was their choice again. So had we called it and there'd been a, a, a decision, there would have been a new British champion. The majority did not want it calling last night. So we've listened to the riders, we've listened to the, what they want. And I've got to say, there is a minority that, that were against it. I've got to say that. Obviously, the ones that it probably benefited, but the majority, large majority of them, wanted it rerunning. And we've listened to that. We, you know, the SCB were not comfortable on giving the result as it was, as, as they could, could only find a way of giving it. And um, so we, we, we took it out of the hands, their hands. We, you know, negotiate with the riders and we're back on with another British final later date that hopefully will be at Bellevue. Was there no rule already there for such an eventuality? Because I think you got this 12, 12 heat um, thing where it, whereby it's called, but obviously that's not taking into account that everybody hasn't raced each other. Was there... What, is this the first time that this has happened? A lot of people be confused perhaps why they're why there wasn't a rule, why, why 12 would be the marker if, that, if that's the point where the riders haven't all faced each other realistically? Um, there was, you can call a meeting at 12. Yeah, you can call a meeting at 12. There's, there's, no, there's no question about that. And there was discussions that if we got to 12, we could call it. But there was no way of splitting the riders. That was the problem. There was a suggestion that we use their averages to split the riders, but Dan Bealey hasn't got an average. There was, and then it, the SCB came up with the idea of race times. And that's where confusion and everything um, sets in because of race times. You know, I could have gone quicker than him if, I, if I'd known about it beforehand. If there was no, if, it, if the SCB had been up front and been a supplementary regulation to say the fastest race time will win this, that, and the other, da, 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 then, then the riders would not have protested as much I wouldn't have thought because it would have been clear and precise I, I assumed that, that in the eventuality they'd gone to 12 had there been one on nine one on eight one on seven then yesterday's result would have stood 
but because three of them were on eight and there was no way to split them, this is why it all happened and um, everyone really wants to rerun it. And obviously, it was, was tight at the top. It was very it was tight, tight yeah. at the top. Yeah, you know, and down to, to sixth, seventh place could still have won that meeting. And for for those riders that that weren't perhaps on board with this way of sorting things out, because you said that not everybody was, and said seventy five percent or so were quite unanimous with it. But what 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 have you said to those, and 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 how how do you appease those riders? I guess who maybe are a bit. Um, perhaps put out that they they didn't get their chance when they felt that it was in within their grasp. Well, it, it was the right, you know, it was a vote that the riders took. It was a vote that they all took. They, you know, the majority won. It's a democratic vote as such, and the the majority of them wanted to to rerun it. So, um, like like in everything that we all do, we don't always agree. With, with votes, but you have to go along, along with the majority, and the majority of them wanted to do it. Let's be clear, this was riders, uh, and this was me and Damien figuring out a solution to the problem. Um, you know, we, we want the riders to be happy, we want everyone to be happy, but, you know, we can't please everyone. We tried to please everyone. Don't get me wrong, we feel for them. One or two that um, aren't happy at what happened yesterday, but it was a democratic vote to restage it. And I think for the fans, the fans want to see everyone take the rides. They want to see a true champion over five, four or five rides. I think you take five rides, don't they? So, you know, and, and then the semi and the final. They want to see it. We all want to see it. So it's a great event. It, 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 every year, it just, it never, it never fails to be a great event. You know, the best of British does bring out the best in the British riders. Just explain the, you know, the the jigsaw puzzle because scrapping a night's meetings obviously has a big knock-on effect elsewhere, I guess. Yeah, as it stands, the, the Premiership is pretty much full up to the end of their play, end of the season to their playoffs. They're they're struggling to get fixtures in in a league of six. It's, it's quite, uh, it's, it's it's very hard. So it was a non-starter putting a fixture back. I mean. When we originally looked at it, we looked at putting it back, taking Ipswich, Belby off next week. But then Kings Lynn and, and, and Sheffield are running. So, you you know, you've got conflicts there straight away. It's just virtually impossible to uh, to factor it in within the next few weeks. Certainly if you want it back at Bellevue. And certainly the riders want it back at Bellevue. And I think the fans want it back at Bellevue. It just produced some spectacular racing. Um, and it is the National Speedway Stadium. So, no, it, it, you know, it's just a virtually impossibility. Uh, you know, conversations this morning that it potentially, potentially, I don't know a word, it potentially will be on a Sunday going forward for the restaging, which will allow a lot more people to attend um, on a day where um, suits a lot of more people than a Monday night. So, yeah. It, it, it was just not an option to get it back in ASAP. Just not an option. You, you know, you've got Dan Bewley's commitments that now we've got to look at. Um, Monday night was quite easy for him. If we run it on a Sunday, we've got Poland commitments, etc., etc. So we now have to talk to Poland to make sure we don't cross over with with Dan Bewley's commitments to make sure we can get him back. And he's got a chance of being British champion 
or at least have a go at it. So a lot, a lot of things to uh, to look at. It is not straightforward, absolutely not straightforward, certainly not with the, the Premiership. We're in on a Monday and Thursday. A um, couple of other things just to mention while you're on. Um, of course, the next big uh, major event will be the um, championship pairs the night before Cardiff, um, which is always a big event. New location at Oxford, um, replacing Somerset, which we sadly lost um, last year, of course, and it was always a part of a lot of people's Cardiff weekend. But Oxford, are, I think, equally on the way for, for many people as well. So hoping for a, a big evening there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's great to have cup. Oxford back into any league. It's um, a great stadium and done a fantastic job in uh, in, in renovating it. It's, uh, it's still a work in progress, but uh, what an amazing job they've done so far. Um, it is on the way to Cardiff. It's an hour and a half. It's probably the nearest track to Cardiff that we've got now. Um, and for anybody that hasn't been to Oxford, I'm sure that and, and thinking to go to Cardiff, they'll drop in on the way. Tickets went on sale last week. We've sold half the allocation already, um, another half to go. So anybody that is thinking about it, don't delay it. It will be ticket only. Um, and uh, it is a great racetrack. You know, they've built a good racetrack there. They've, they've modified the old racetrack. So it's going to be it's going to be exciting. Everyone's had a, in the championships had a ride there, so they know what to expect. There's some great pairings in there. And I do believe it's anyone, it certainly won't be home track advantage. It's anyone's for the taking. Yeah, it's a great um, a great racetrack, as you say, but also a great stadium too. And I think if you've not been to Oxford, um, if, even if it's, you've been to Oxford years ago, it has changed yeah. a bit, uh, but um, and great access with the pits as well down the back straight. People can get a good view of all what's going on as well now, and um, lots of places to to eat and drink. And yeah, I think you'll have a great time. Different experience to Somerset, that's got to be said, but uh, but an, a positive one in in that way. Yeah, it's a shame Somerset's not there. I mean, it was it was traditionally you go to Somerset and you go to Cardiff. It's a, it's a, it's an absolute crime shame that, uh, that 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 one's gone, but. Equally, it's we're blessed that uh, Oxford has come back. And uh, an update on on Zane Kennedy. Many people will have seen his quite spectacular crash last week. He he is injured, but thankfully, um, he, he's he, under control. I suppose his injuries could have been a, a a whole lot worse on on Friday night last week. And uh, best wishes to him. We've heard from him in in hospital, and he's still recovering. But um, just an update from you on on that because it was it was a spectacular crash, and thankfully, I think in in many ways the spectacular nature perhaps prevented more serious injury. Maybe you'd say. Yeah, I think you know it ranks up in the top five crashes that I've ever seen in speedway. I never want to see again. Um, it, it, it was, um, you know, you can replay in slow motion where the bike picked up coming out the corner, but unfortunately it was veering off to the right. Um, and obviously Zane ended up over the fence. But thankfully, when we got to Zane, he was still conscious and everything. There was glimmer of hope. There was the, the doctor that jumped over the fence that actually was the air ambulance doctor, which was uh, just a bizarre bizarre story really that, that enabled the air ambulance to come um but you know talking to Sam Malenko uh, uh, Zane stops with he um he believes Zane's gonna be back between three and four weeks wow. uh, which was uh, quite bizarre and um, he's got a little operation to come 
a little bit of bone on his pelvis is, is detached and they're going through keyhole surgery to reattach that with a little screw. But the others are just um, just breaks, you know, breaking his finger, breaking his toe. And this bit of it that's chipped off his pelvis. So lucky, lucky lad. I wish I'd got the lottery numbers off him for Saturday night because I think we might have had a result. Um, <laughs> certainly yeah. I've ever seen. Um, and, and, and so, so pleased for him. So, so pleased that... Um, it's uh, and it hasn't dampened his enthusiasm either, so that's that's also great. So yeah, yeah, great positive news on that. And and, and are any further towards knowing what happened to, to to cause the bike to take off like that? Was it um, was it a throttle issue? Was was there a fault with the bike? Or was it just one of those where he just hit a bit of grip and and off he went? No, we we're not we're not clear. You would assume it was a throttle issue, and um, the way that the bike just continued and continued and continued. Um, but um, you know, just thankful that Zane's here to talk. But uh, we haven't really got around to talking about that yet. Um, I'm sure that uh, in once once he's back home, we'll we'll establish what actually happened, and he'll look at the bike and and be able to make judgment of himself on what happened. But once again, very very thankful that uh, his injuries are very minor. Well, we're all very thankful for that, and and great to see that and hear that he'll be potentially back on a bike uh, a lot sooner than many of us perhaps thought he he would do. But um, just shows that that padding that the guys wear as well underneath their Kevlar's is is certainly uh, is certainly worth the investment, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was quite funny on the night. He's now obviously always complain about with his big toe. He's ripped his toenail off. So, um, and and obviously we had to cut his Kevlar's off, which he was not happy about. So. We'll have to buy him a new set of cat I'm sure, if nothing else, a bit of a, a crowdfund will uh, will help out on that one for sure. Um, Rob, thanks for joining us today on uh, on No Breaks, No Fear. Um, just before we go, just a word about next week's big event. Of course, the, the Grand Prix in Cardiff. We now know Adam Ellis will be in that lineup, But for the first time, I think for the first time, we've got four British riders in a British Grand Prix final. As far as I know, that's the first time that's happened, and um, the stage is set for a for a wonderful atmosphere and uh, a wonderful occasion. You know, I feel for Tom Brennan. I really do feel for Tom because Tom's really at the top of his game at the minute, and um, he is his first reserve. I do hope he gets an opportunity in that because I think he could win some races in that, that as well and um, put the cat among the pigeon, pigeons. I, it's um, yeah, it's going to be a, a, a great event, and for the. For, you're not going to bet on not a British rider not winning it this year, are you? I mean, the last time I I saw a British rider winning it, I don't think Ty's won it at um, Cardiff, has he? Uh, only Chris Harris has won it. That's right. Yeah, well, I was there that night when Chris yeah. Harris won it. It was amazing. It was amazing. Never forget it. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and it's a shame Chris isn't there this year, but it is what it is, isn't it? And so the track reserves then, are they confirmed as well now as a result? I mean, you mentioned there Tom. Tom and it's uh, Leon Flint. Well, it's a great experience for those um, guys. I mean, and Tom is going to be racing in SGP2 definitely anyway, isn't he, on the on the Sunday? Yes, he is. So it's a big weekend for Tom, absolutely big weekend. Don't count Tom out for the SGP2 because um, he could win it. Absolutely, the form is in at the minute. It'll be a, it'll be a big afternoon for uh, for Tom and a big weekend for everyone involved with uh, with British Speedway. Um, thanks a lot for joining us, Rob. Really appreciate your your time. And uh, here's to uh, a successful rerun when we get there. Oh, we'll get there. Definitely going to get there. And you know, it'll be a great event. And hopefully, everyone 
I forgot last night and look, you know, the, the, re, the, the restaging will be more successful than, than we ever imagined. It, um, listen, it's been difficult for me. It's always difficult for me and it's difficult for the board. But I do think we did the right thing um, last night. There was no easy, it wasn't an easy decision, but it was, I think, the right decision. And, and we got the respect of the riders um, afterwards, you know, by doing what we've done. So hopefully the public can come to terms with the ones that don't agree with it um, and support us next time we come back. My thanks to Rob Godfrey, chairman of British Speedway Promoters Limited, for joining us on this week's episode of No Breaks, No Fear. And uh, we'll keep a connection with the National Speedway Stadium in the next part because we're going to be joined by the Australian team boss and, of course, the boss of the Bellevue Aces, Mark Lemon, in the next part, reflecting on the big win for Australia in the Speedway of Nations, ending 20 years chasing that team trophy and finally lifting it at the weekend. So we'll hear all about that, and uh, we'll talk about the Aces and much more besides in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. I'm Ian Brannan. Well, last week on this podcast, we had Ollie Allen, the Great Britain Joint Team Manager, previewing the Speedway of Nations. The Speedway of Nations is, of course, now completed, and it was the end of an epic four days, 90 heats of racing, and the first Speedway of Nations of the new era for FIM Speedway under Discovery Sports events. And it was Australia who topped the podium ahead of runners-up Great Britain and third place Sweden. Mark Lemon taking the decision to make Speedway GP duo Jack Holder and Max Frick his starting pair throughout the final. The duo repaying him spectacularly with Holder piling in 19 points, Max Frick with 11 as they totaled 30 points on the night. And uh, in the end, it was a race-off against Great Britain to decide it. And the rest of the say is all history. It was Australia who raised the trophy aloft for the first time in 20 years. Mark Lemon, Team Australia, Team Manager is with us and of course also CEO and Team Manager at the Bellevue Aces as well. And uh, Mark, you've ended that 20-year wait. You've finally done it. Congratulations. Yeah, it's kind of uh, pretty hard to believe and it feels a bit surreal at the moment. Uh, and when you're those welcoming notes to hear that um, that uh, World Championship being mentioned. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, I think it's been long overdue. Uh, we've been knocking on the door, you know, had some near misses, but uh on Saturday night or last week, you know, just everything seemed to, to fall in a line. And, you know, it just uh, we couldn't have asked for a better result, really, um, to, to, to lift that crown. And after so long, um, some uh, some raw emotions came out. And, uh, you know, it was just a delight for the boys. You know, they've been trying for so long. And, and you, know, you, you don't believe it's going to happen you know, when it's been taking so long. But, um, yeah, it was great. Great result. I think um, for, for a lot of people, maybe Australia being... Uh, many people's sort of second team, if they if they're if they're from a, a British persuasion, of course. And you're unique in in your lineup that all three of your boys ride in the British League. You're the only team that had uh, an entire lineup that you can see, uh, you know, up and down the country on a Monday or a Thursday night racing. Yeah, no, interesting. The uh, the, the the British presence was definitely felt there. I mean, we, we Aussie boys, we come over here and, and as young lads and, and cut our teeth in the, the British scene. And uh, certainly, as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the most influential and most sort of educational apprenticeships you can serve racing in the UK. And, you know, and to be fair, the, 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 the um, nations moved uh, only a few weeks ago from Esberg to Voyens. And so my, my chain of thought actually changed um, on the process of the team selection because 
Uh, Esberg's a bit more of a, a round, wider open circuit, you know, a bit more of a continental track. Uh, where Voyens is more, you know, a, a finer tuned technical track. So thought went into that uh, on the riders that I, I ended up eventually choosing. So, um, yeah, there's very much there was an English presence. And it's, it's, it's nice to hear that, uh, you know, the Brits choose us as their second favourite nation. Um, you know, I'm, sometimes I'm not so sure that's so true. We're, <laughs> we've had some clashes, at, you know, in test matches and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, we spend a lot of, us Aussies spend a lot of time over here in the UK and, um, you know, call it our second home. We had um, Ollie Allen on on this podcast last week, and and he was saying similar to you that actually Voyens of of all the tracks is probably um, the most British style, uh, you know, on the continent, and and probably would favour the Brits and 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 the Aussies, of course, as well. And that obviously proved to be in the end. Um, and and with that kind of as you say, the the, the track shape really playing into both of our teams hands i suppose britain and australia in terms of the style tell us about your team selection though because of course anybody who put the final on saw jason doyle on the sidelines and just explain to us what the what the situation was there yeah well i was I kind of when i was talking about changing track i was referring to the squad um as, as much as like uh, the riders that we, we'd actually take to Voins that could handle the British conditions, and uh, you mentioned like you know Ollie said about the, the the shape and the size, but one thing that probably you know he wasn't aware of at the time that uh, when the rain came down, you know that threw a curveball for everyone, and it seemed to see the the guys that raced in the UK that experienced riding in the rain um, actually sort of come to the forefront, uh, having an all British you know Australian final. Um, Jason Doyle, uh, he's been captain Australia. He's been leading the team, you know, from you know the front for such a long time. And there's no prouder guy to, to represent the Kangaroos than, than Jason is. Um, to the decision to, to leave him out in the final was pretty much sort of clear cut. Come after the race off, you know, we went into the race off with a very open mind that um, no one was actually guaranteed a, a, you know, a final berth, and probably on form. You know, leading up to it, Jason was the actual only Aussie rider, really, that we could actually nail in to say he was going to be in the team. Uh, his form in, in Europe was good. Uh, his form in the UK has been sensational. Uh, where, you know, Jack, Max, probably Brady Kurtz, you know, uh, Sam Masters, you know, Ron Tungate, you know, Chris Holder. A few of them guys weren't quite, you know, sort of getting the job done and, and making my decision very, very difficult to choose. But, uh, you know, I... Yeah, you know, the, the selectors and myself, you know, eventually opted for the, you know, the three Grand Prix riders, and it's just ironic they were three Grand Prix riders. But just felt with the age and sort of their abilities and where they're, they're riding in their careers, um, they were the right choice. But, but on on the day, um, once we come out of that race off, we we selected our, our final two, and uh, I think sometimes you know you've got to be, you know, give the rider the chance, you know, give them the chance to go and you know, experiment on the track and, and develop and, and learn. Because obviously, at the end of the day, it's, it's who wins that final race where it counts. At what point in the meeting, obviously you're getting down to the final embers of it, but obviously the the, the lead changed hands a few times through the course of the, of, of the final of the Speedway of Nations. At what point did you have that realisation that actually, you know, this is on here? And especially when you got to the final, the gate choices, a lot of fans were having their say about Great Britain. Did you, did you have a favoured gate? Did you think it, it sort of fell into your hands at that point? Yeah, like I said before earlier, you know, sometimes when you win championships um, and, and events, that things just fall in place. Uh, we had Finland coming up as our last uh, race, and 
really like you would have thought that would have been a shame for us to go straight through the, to the final if we, we clinched a 7-2 there but Timio Latte was actually flying and uh, he he trapped off gate two um, and we were off to one, one and three so therefore there was a real indicator for me that maybe one and three wasn't the, the optimum uh, choice of gates and it put us into the race off and probably did us you know did a favor for us to be quite honest because we had to come through the race off um and we ended up with uh two and four which actually cemented my decision that 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 was the the right gates to have you know i i, I kept an eye on um ollie and simon and the gb camp and i could see a little bit uncertain when they're going through the gate choices um although you know i wasn't involved and, and didn't know what they were thinking but you could just see there wasn't a confidence there um where with our team we just like i just come back they one on three jack you're off, off four and max you're off of two and that's done and then the same thing if you know we get one and three um you know max you're off uh, one and, and jack you're off three so we're pretty confident on the pairing and then the gate choices it just was going to be what color um and even to a point where i actually threw a curveball and actually asked them to change helmets to give them a fresh helmet because it was a hot sticky night <laughs> you know, with the rain and everything about, um, you know, a little freshen up with a helmet, you know, probably did, uh, did them wonders. Certainly did. And then talk us through that final race, because I imagine it was a very long 60 seconds or so after the tapes went up. You, your boys hit the front in that first lap, I think it was, and and, and you could really see that you know, Dan Bewley was not making the ground required, and it, you, I, I guess you're just willing them to, to finish the race, are you? the the moment they dropped that clutch yeah it kind of i knew they had it um max had found something in his bike that it wasn't there earlier on and jack was just on fire on the outside and you know when they popped out it was you know i've never probably felt so nervous in all my life because you're like please stay there please hang on no engine failures no chain brakes no nothing everything you think that could possibly go wrong a tire puncher you know, it's never over until they've crossed that line. And so, you know, I'm, I, I leaked a little bit of, you know, emotion and, and uh, excitement there. There's no doubt about that. Um, but the joy of like, knowing them just bringing it home for that last 60 seconds was pretty hard to take, I must admit, until they crossed that line because it's speedway and you never know. But uh, yeah, as soon as they popped out that start, I thought, we've got this. I imagine it takes a bit of time for it actually to sink in that what you have actually achieved. There's obviously the euphoria of, of winning the meeting, but you know, to, to to become world champions after so long, what what's what's been the messages coming in from from back home and and and, and all around the, the you know the the Australian team, the Australian supporters far away the other side of the world? Because this would have been what in early hours of the morning when when you when you actually won this meeting or um, something like that. Yeah, sure. Like uh, the Aussies get up religiously and watch the Grand Prix at two to three a.m. in the morning. On a- on a Sunday morning. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm still pinching myself. I'm, I'm just looking over my shoulder right now and I've got the trophy just sat there and since I've seen it on TV, I've, I've walked around it and seen it in different venues that I never thought it would be in my presence, to be quite honest. Um, but no, we, we've just had such a great, you know, response uh, from Australia. You know, we, we spent half the night, to be quite honest. We didn't sleep. We were, was, Obviously, Australia was awake, so there was, they weren't going to let us sleep. Um, we're on FaceTime, and it's fantastic, and catching up with all the past riders and the managers and, and just the people involved, the sponsors. It was a fantastic night, sort of sort of paying for it right now still. But um, uh, the, the response has been tremendous. You know, I, I think everyone was sort of overjoyed because it's been such a long time. We've been there trying, and we've never got, given up, and we've always got that can-do spirit. Um, 
And I just think it was, yeah, just overdue. And I think a lot of people sort of appreciate the efforts that have gone into to winning it. Um, and I, I'm probably from the British fans, you know, like guys clinched it after 32 years and you've had some success. And you know, it's, probably, it's always nice to, to share some, even though probably, you know, the Brits probably weren't too keen on it. But um, no, nah, it's been great response. And uh, I mean, I've got thousands of messages that I haven't had a chance to go back. Um, uh, and they're still coming in now. So. <laughs> and and have you had, and and some of those riders you've been in charge of the the Australian national team for what, ten years now, um, as the team manager. There's been many other riders that have helped you on that journey. I'm thinking particularly people like Darcy Ward, you know, Chris Holder. Of course, his brother was involved in that final. But there've been many others that have been part of the setup. Maybe not even riding, but helping in the background, helping out. You know, as part of the um, as part of the group, on your way to yeah, this this moment. Help. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a, a long list. There, there really is. Um, and it's not just the riders, you know. You, know, you talk about Chris Holder. Like, Chris is, you know, probably you can feel unlucky not to be part of the team because he's, he's had a really good year in the extra league. But, you know, the decision to not choose him was not an easy one. Um, former world champion. And it's just as hard to, to leave him out as it was for Jason on, on the night. Um, but, you know, the change of the guard happens at you know a time and you've, you've got to roll with it. Um, but yeah, Darcy Ward, you mentioned Darcy, Darcy, you know, means a lot to us and uh, he's still very much involved in the thick of things. You know, he's a selector of the team and the, the squad system. Um, we speak quite, we we'll probably speak more now than we, we, we did when he was racing. So, um, he's very much part, part of the team. Um, but you know, the sponsors, you know, we got CBS spins in Adelaide. They've been fantastic with us, but you know, when you look closer to, to, to the UK, you know, you, you've got. Midlow down in the pool and, and, and Roscoe in Swindon. These guys have had great influences in, in the Australian riders over the years and sort of helped sort of hone our, our sort of culture and, and breed our next generation of riders. So we're really grateful for those guys too. Um, so this, this, there's been a lot of people that uh, have got us to this point and um, hopefully we can build on this now and, uh, and get further success. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's a whole bunch of riders that you know deserve to be you know, classed in this title as world champion, and I, you know, I've spoken to most of them and sort of said you know, thank you because it's it's they're, they're, they're the boys that have done it. No, oh, big congratulations! And next year, of course, your your team selection might be slightly easier because you get more men to choose from in the Speedway World Cup, which is going to be back. It's going to be at Roslava, a, a track that many riders know very, very well. An exciting track, a nice big track, and uh, you must now be setting your sights in, on on that uh, that next major international event in Speedway. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm, I understand. We're all actually looking forward to the World Cup returning. Um, I, I you know I must confess, you know, I've been a Massive fan of the Speedway World Cup. Um, the, the pairs of the Speedway Nations is a great event, but it doesn't have that sort of, you know, that bond that, that brings the four or five riders from the nation together, you know, for a week. And it's, I, I think we are, as Aussies, we really sort of, you know, thrive on that when we get together. And we look forward to that competition so much. And uh, we, we, we're happy that it's back on the calendar. Can't wait. Roslo is a pretty cool town to go and hang out in. And, um, yeah, the countdown begins, but uh, there's also on the, on the British front, there's a league title that uh, that uh, beckons for Bellevue. Yes, well, let's talk about Bellevue because we can't we can't have you on and not, and not mention it. Seems a bit remiss. Um, how's life at Bellevue for you? Because obviously now you are not only the team manager, but in charge of the operations of the club as well. So very much more on the business side. I know that you did have a, an involvement in that, but obviously Adrian departed and... Uh, 
you're now fully in charge with with the reins of of, of the club and um, how have things been going on on both sides of the fence, shall we say? Well, track side, they're going very very well. Um, obviously, in the beginning of the season, it wasn't going so good because we're holding out to sign Dan Bewley with the regulation change that didn't come about. So that sort of put a lot of pressure on things and obviously you know, taking the, the reins from Adrian that, you know, did a superb job and, and you know, changed the business model at the, at the club to where it is now uh, for me to come in and sort of take over. Uh, it, it wasn't something I was expecting. Um, so when I came back from Australia late February, it was like, you know, there you go, off, you know, off your hop. Um, so it's been challenging. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm, I'm not a natural to the, to the, the business operation of the stadium. Um, but like in anything in life, I've, I've sort of been a bit of a quick learner and I'm, um, never been afraid to have a go so it's been going okay I, I think from the outside I don't think that anyone's really noticed any any change uh it's been you know a whole bunch of work I, I must confess and not a lot of sleep and you know you know, probably got a few more gray hairs than I probably did you know, you know eight eight months ago but I think Bellevue as a whole I think we, we've got a really good vibe there and we've got some really good people helping in um you know I think I've learned the word delegate uh, to, to my, <laughs> my best advantage I can't do everything and um but like I said we've got some really good people involved in the club and you know hopefully we can you know take it to the top on the, on the track as not not only on the track but um as a, as a club and a, a sustainable business sort of model for that st- stadium so you know we may not have had success um as far as the trophy cabinet's concerned but i think over the last sort of four or five years i think you know what we've, we've sort of built there as a, a culture and a structure at, the, at bellevue is um a success in itself you don't need me to tell you that you know the, the league title is is a big thing that the the fans are are looking for. It's it's been it's been a long time. Is this your best chance yet? You, the, you can have good performances, but there seems to be a solidity about Bellevue, you know, right from top to bottom. Particularly people like you know Tom Brennan, who's come up from the Rising Star and not just made it into the main body of the team, but now seems to be really excelling as well. Um, you seem to have strength right throughout and not relying on just the one rider, which must be a, you know, a major, a major boost this time round. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're traveling good. Um, you know, like there's, there's been some really good sort of, you know, signage, uh, like we brought Max back. Max hasn't had the, you know, the best season. I think, you know, we, he's going to really ramp it up, um, come towards the end of the, uh, towards the playoffs and, and in the playoffs, hopefully. Uh, Zagar's come back and been a revelation. You know, he's, he's just loving his spirit at the moment. He's such a character. He's such a fun guy to have around, and, and you know, the fans love him. Uh, and, and BK Brady Kurtz, you know, he's 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 kind of been in the club now, well, sort of three years, but like sort of two on track. But he's sort of really matured as a rider and, and leading by example and, and being a, a real good captain. Um, and obviously Charles, is, you know, he does his thing. He throws a leg back and he has a go and he wears his heart in his sleeve and, you know, the fans just love that much. But, you know, Jai, you know, Reggie uh, Etheridge, uh, he's he's coming, he's been plugging around, he's got, you know, the track pretty dialed in at Bellevue, he's, you know, had his confidence sort of deal with a couple of injuries, but I, I guess the real sort of rising star and the one that's been shining is, is Tom Brennan, uh, how he's developed and progressed in the last sort of 18 uh, to 24 months. It's just been, you know, outstanding, you know, we've worked really, really hard with him. And this youth program, which was something I really love to work with the younger riders and, and, and be hands-on. Uh, it's great to see that he's uh, he's progressing um, in the sport, and yeah, it could be a real trump card for us. And obviously, we've got young the young German. You know, no one really heard of you know Norik Bladoon, you know, you know, back in March, uh, and he's just been great. You know, we've, we've set him up with you know his compatriot Robbie Kesler, the former Sheffield you know sort of stoke rider. Um, 
and that that's working really well. So like I said, there's just a real good vibe around the club. The riders, the spirit's been fantastic. Um, you know, we have to work on our waveform slightly, but I've never had a, an ACES team that have been so dominant uh, around the National Speedway Stadium. And, and as you know, to win a league title, you know, it goes on aggregate points. So it probably does put us in a very fortunate position. Yeah, and, and obviously the playoffs is, is where it where it can really turn around in your favour very, very quickly. It's all about qualifying for those. And then ultimately it's down to a couple of meetings, isn't it, to to bring home the, uh, the title at the, at the end of it. You had the British final, um, well, certainly the first staging of it uh, this week. That's going to be rerun. But to see Dan Bewley blasting round your circuit, and of course Tom Brennan as well, and Charles Wright all having good performances, but to see Dan doing his thing full pelt and really pulling away, that must have been pretty mouth-watering to you see, for you to see and maybe bittersweet thinking, wow, if only he was doing that in the in the Premiership this year. <laughs> no, no, great to have Dan back. You know, he was a draw card. You know, the fans love him. You know, obviously it was a great crowd. Um, and you know he was he was put on display a great display so uh, it was it was a worthy event to attend so yeah it's it's just unfortunately Dan you know chose Sweden and then there's league restrictions due to the, the Polish rules and regulations uh, but hopefully you know I, I don't hold out you know too little that uh, he, we won't see a return of Dan Bewley to, to British Speedway so uh, I know one thing I'll be doing everything I can to, to entice him to come back but uh, yeah it's just great to have him back on these shores yeah absolutely it's fantastic to see. How how well he's doing, I think, in general as well. Even you know from a distance, that he's really kicked on another another notch, hasn't he? Um, the other tournament that will be heading your way as well will be the the Premiership pairs, which uh, you know Bellevue still in and in and among that um, had a good performance at um, at Wolves, and then Sheffield next coming up later this month, and then the final round is on your your home circuit. So still points to be raced for there. Yeah, absolutely. It hasn't quite gone our way, the, the pairs. Um, you know, Ipswich has sort of got a bit of a jump on us. Um, but, you know, we kind of like semi-finaled, you know, or second place in the first two and, and obviously missed out in the final. Um, and same down at Ipswich. It's, so it's, you know, Kingsland was a bit of a, you know, disheartening one for us. But we, we bounced back at Wolverhampton and, and probably pretty unlucky. Uh, you know, I think Troy Batchelor got the, you know, the best flyer ever um, at, in, in that race and that was it, all game over. But yeah, we go to Sheffield now, um, and obviously home one at uh, Bellevue on the, on the 12th of September. So we, we really look forward to that one. I think it's going to be a big one. It'll be a great race, meaning it all the same. So, but uh, that's that's where if we can win, you know, we need to pick up a couple of wins and then bring it home big at, uh, at Bellevue, of course, to, to try and clinch that title. But uh, it's just going to be pretty tough to beat with Jason Dorn in, in pretty good form. And um, on the subject of Ipswich, you, you're facing them very soon. I think in the next uh, your next fixture on. Monday next week when all six teams are in action and uh, obviously they are currently the pace setters in the in the Premiership and uh, led by as, as you say a couple of uh, a couple of your old friends in uh, in Jason Doyle and Troy Batchelor they're doing the business for them. Yeah, Jason will probably uh, come back and haunt me from not putting him into the World Speedway Nations on the weekend. So uh, <laughs> he's he's in, like I said he's in classic and vintage form uh, and and then Troy like he's. He's, he's finding his feet again from after a few years sort of in the doldrums but uh, yeah, you got Danny King there it's, it's going to be a crack of a match it's a table, it's a table topper uh, we expect it to be tough I, I know we've had some really good um, point scoring um, meetings uh, but we're not going to get carried out of ourselves we know there's another job to be done on, on, on Monday um, and we've got to keep winning those home matches to, to secure our, our playoff chances um, and, and, and you know pretty much prove the point that where we're at and how strong we are at home and um, 
keep the pressure on. Yeah, well, all the very best, Mark, for the uh, the rest of the season. It's uh, going to come around very, very soon, of course, the playoffs and uh, all the all the the rest of it. But um, enjoy the moment as well with the big win of the uh, the Speedway of Nations. I'm sure you're celebrating for for quite some time yet. Yeah, we'll milk it as long as we can, uh, Ian. So uh, <laughs> until we get the league trophy. <laughs> Good stuff. It could be a very, very busy, uh, very busy um, couple of months on the on the party account at Bellevue potentially. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, well, we can uh, we can we can certainly put time away for that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we're looking for it. It's been a long time. I think it's been uh, was it 29 years for Bellevue fans, and I, I, I get reminded you know, most days. So uh, uh, definitely, uh, there'll be a party in Bellevue in Manchester. There's no doubt about that. Okay, well, for your for your sakes and for all of those of Bellevue, let's uh, let's hope that does indeed come to pass, and it'll be a big night out later in the season. But um, thanks for joining us, Mark, and uh, all the very best. All right. Mark Lemon, the CEO and team manager of the Bellevue Aces, but of course the team manager of the victorious Speedway of Nations winning Team Australia, who uh, came home with that trophy last weekend. And big congratulations to them. And of course, as uh, we're talking about, next up next year, it'll be the World Cup at Roslav in Poland. But uh, a lot more about that between now and then, I'm pretty sure. OK, almost done on No Breaks, No Fear. Join us in a sec. We'll have uh, a recap and look ahead to all the upcoming fixtures over the next seven days. It is a very, very busy week next week in British Speedway. Uh, but uh, we'll look ahead to what this week has in store and the next seven to ten days in just a mo. here on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. I'm Ian Brannan. And uh, to round things off, let's just have a look ahead to everything coming up over the next week or more uh, on the fixture list across British Speedway. And uh, Wednesday, we have action in the Championship Jubilee League Southern. It uh, may be all to play for. It may not be by the point uh, that this match gets underway. But Pool Pirates taking on the Oxford Cheaters in that one. Pool really... uh, are in command there. Oxford need to win everything. The Oxford Chargers are in action, meanwhile, at Sandy Lane in the National Development League on Wednesday against the Armadale Devils, who I think are still yet to get a point in the uh, National Development League for them. And then it's Premiership action on Thursday, August 4th. Sheffield Tigers are back in action at Ollerton against the Wolverhampton Wolves, who, of course, are injury hit with uh, Sam Masters uh, suffering uh, that uh, broken collarbone and a dislocated shoulder as well. It's going to be interesting to see how long Sam's on the sidelines there for. We do, however, at uh, long last, have a new number one for the Kingsland Stars. Nikolai Clint will be joining the lineup and uh, has his first taste of action at the Adrian Flux Arena against the Ipswich Witches uh, on Thursday night. Both of those fixtures get underway at 7.30. Looking ahead to Friday, quite a bit of action in the Championship. Edinburgh Monarchs take on the Plymouth Gladiators at Armadale. That's at 7.30. That match will also be live on the British Speedway Network as well on uh, Friday evening. 7.30 tapes up. Uh, BSN's coverage will start at 7.00. We've also got uh, championship action at Ashfield on Friday when the Glasgow Tigers take on the Birmingham Brummies, again at 7.30. And Jubilee League action. It's a crucial one for the Red Car Bears. They need to get something from this one. Um, Red Car against Scunthorpe, the return of uh, last week's clash at um, the Eddie Wright Raceway back at uh, the uh, Echo Arena and that's on Friday night again 7.30 start time and uh, we've got some National Development League action as well Uh, Bellevue Colts taking on the Kent Royals at 7.30 and uh, we've also got the British Youth Championship Round 5 the 125 and 150 CCs are going to be in action there 
uh, on uh, Friday night. Um, elsewhere, Saturday, Armadale Devils taking on the Plymouth Centurions in the NDL at 2.30. Um, and then also on Saturday at uh, Shieldfield Park, Berwick Bandits taking on the Plymouth Gladiators. 6.30, the start time for that one. That's because there's also a Berwick Bullets match in the uh, NDL. Uh, the Plymouth Centurions having a double bubble that day because they're taking on Berwick after the main championship meeting. Leicester Lions taking on the Scunthorpe Scorpions in the Championship Jubilee League Northern. So you fancy the Northern section will be all sorted out this weekend. Nothing on Sunday. Then on Monday, all six Premiership teams are in action. It's the Wolverhampton Wolves versus the Peterborough Panthers, Bellevue Aces versus the Ipswich Witches, and the Sheffield Tigers versus the Kingsland Stars. And then on Tuesday next week, Plymouth Centurions taking on the Berwick Bullets in the National Development League. Wednesday next week, Oxford Chargers versus the Bellevue Colts, the Pool Pirates versus the Plymouth Gladiators in the Jubilee League Southern, and the Birmingham Brummies versus the Berwick Bandits in the Championship. And then um, you don't need, need me to tell you there's only one day then, which is Ipswich versus Kings Lynn in the Premiership. And then it'll be the Championship pairs at Oxford on the Friday and the British Grand Prix on the Saturday, the 13th of August. We're nearly there at the big one, uh, but we'll have more about those fixtures, I'm sure, next week here on No Breaks, No Fear. Uh, before we go, just a shout to um, a guy called John Curtis. And I mentioned this last week. Um, he's doing a walk for the Ben Fund um, and um, I've got some details here for you and it's something to, to watch out for. We'll actually have the man in question on with us next week but John Curtis is going to be walking from Foxhall Stadium in Ipswich to the Principality Stadium in Cardiff. He starts this week, the 4th of August. He's going to get there on the 12th, the day before the Grand Prix. 264 miles, 30 miles a day. We're going to check in with him next week en route to see how he's getting on. But you can support him if you search Walk to Cardiff 2022 on social media and look out for the Just Giving page as well. Walk to Cardiff 2022. You can support John, uh, who's doing that for the Speedway Riders Ben Fund. My thanks to uh, everybody who's joined us in this episode, namely Rob Godfrey and to um, Mark Lemon as well, and also to Ryan Guest for uh, doing the hard work in, uh, in getting them to, uh, to, to be part of it as well. Uh, we'll be back with a, a usual episode, a full week of Speedway uh, this uh, next week or so. So we'll bring you some more interviews and stuff next week. And, of course, we'll be looking ahead to the uh, Championship pairs and the British Grand Prix. What else can I say? That'll be next week on No Breaks, No Fear. Have a great week. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.